my deeper why when I was ultra running and doing long, long multi-day adventures was more about discovering that inner transformation that you discover in your mind and in your soul when you're six, seven, eight, ten hours into an event and everything's stripped raw. And that place is where I love to be because it allowed me to expand the real estate in my mind. That discovery through endurance activity was fascinating to me. And my deeper why kept pulling me more and more into that direction. And a lot of my life has been spent missing the mark just barely on a few things missing the mark for many years, barely in triathlon, until I connected, for example, in triathlon to my deeper why, I didn't get the results I wanted. And that is because I was attached to the result, to the outcome of winning, I could never pull forth the performance that I believed I was capable of. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Weekly Word Podcast. I'm Chris Hout, AIM Coach, and this is episode 155. The Weekly Word Podcast is an endurance resource. On this podcast, we talk more than just training details. Each episode, I try to dive into all the aspects of ultra endurance. Those include recovery, nutrition, mindset, and sleep. Yet an important distinction of this podcast is that I look to bring out the best athlete version in my athletes of course, via the training and their fitness, but also nutrition, recovery, and mindset, I also try to connect the athlete with their inner landscape. The mastery of our physical craft is a reflection of our inner growth. And while mastery is far off for all of us, I believe our effort towards achieving any sort of mastery will spur that inner growth as well. And while many of you might have not signed up for an ultra-endurance event for those reasons, I still believe the benefits of this training will bleed into other areas of daily life, family, and professional life. Daily time to care for your mind and your physical self can open doors. The best version of yourself, the creative, energetic, patient, joyful, and grateful side comes into play. Daily self-care in the form of training, nutrition, sleep, and mindset allows you to create from your inner world versus merely consuming from the external world. It allows you to be more the author of your life story versus merely a reader in it. I wish to help endurance athletes discover this, this version of ourselves, or more of it through daily training that challenges you physically as well as mentally an opportunity to spend time with your thoughts and hearing what your inner voice has to share. Endurance coaching can be a transformative experience for you as an athlete and as a person. It can actually change the trajectory of your life and relationships. The Weekly Word Podcast is an addendum to this. Advice, observations, and tips to support human development along with athletic development. That's effectively my job as a coach and what I convey on this podcast, your human and athletic development played out in the endurance athletics arena, but overlaying into our daily life. 
Today we are talking purpose. It's part of a series of podcasts that I will produce that revolves around a theme, clarity, intention, purpose, what I've been calling the CIP. I apply the CIP formula to all of my athletes and clients. Purpose is where they are headed, their deeper why as to why they are even on this journey, their North Star. Intention is their desire, mindset, discipline, resilience, and fortitude to achieve their purpose, their daily habits and actions. And clarity is the coaching, the path towards achieving said outcome, the plan, the going from where you are to where you want to be. Clarity is also about alignment, the ability of the athlete and the coach to get on the same page about the plan, the training, the prescription. In the context of clarity, the plan, in order to have a healthy understanding of the path we, athlete and coach, are taking to achieve the desired outcome. This clarity is important so that there is little room for confusion or delays. Alignment is important for the athlete to truly execute the plan without doubt. And clarity is vital in order for the athlete to show up with intention. You will notice this episode has a different format. I first define and discuss what purpose is and explain the deeper why. Halfway through the episode, it shifts outdoors on a recent sunny afternoon here in Northern California to a discussion on purpose and the deeper why moderated by David. Just a brief heads up, some of the volume levels jump around on this podcast, from me talking too close to the mic to being outdoors. I apologize if this occasional volume change startles you. And because of that, David decided to sneak in a little banter at the end of this episode regarding a hot mic. It caught me off guard too. That said, please enjoy this wide-ranging episode on purpose, our deeper why, and how it can bring out the best athlete within you, one that you might have never thought to tap into, yet can deliver twice the motivation you had before. Many question if endurance training primarily is supposed to be a suck fest, or is it trying to teach us something? Because one comes at the expense of the other. For many of us today, our life in relative comfort has led us to do outdoor pursuits and challenges designed to push us out of our physical and mental comfort zones in the form of adventures such as ultra running, Ironmans, adventure racers like races like Spartan series and so forth or even grander self-curated adventures. This is where the suckfest mentality can effectively unleash itself. Or does ultra-endurance and its events create a unique laboratory of mind, body, and spirit that administers a sort of self-aware serum? Many of us have a preconception of what kind of man, woman, we are, were, yet have come to discover that ultra-endurance cuts through the fluff and shows us who we really are after we have been stripped down, after the dust has been knocked off our soul. I can coach either, and typically do. And while it may seem that these two paths lead in different directions, for many, the paths eventually come together. 
At first, the most valuable thing athletes get from ultra-endurance is not the specific training knowledge or race results, but a layer of grit that will make overcoming the challenges of life less difficult. But eventually, our true nature emerges. The paradox of the moment deep into an ultra-endurance event, survival instincts, where I so often talk about the endurance athlete within, how it's primal, how we are wired. It is in difficult times, deep into some very challenging physical training, or at 3 a.m. on day three of a multi-day event, survival instincts trump the interest to finish, to have the suckfest mentality. Even the most resolute athlete succumbs to survival instinct, because every part of you wants to close your eyes and get warm and shut down and go to sleep. But you can't. The paradox is that the conditions that you're in bring out the survival instincts to go into a shell, not act, think, or solve problems. But the only way to finish is to do the opposite. This paradox is magnified by the fact that you can quit at any time, that stepping away is always available, and that voice is constantly talking to you. But the moment you get some rest, recover just a bit, you regret quitting for the rest of your life. That's the paradox. This is where the path emerges. Deep in these fundamental human emotions, that is where the growth lies. Where we recognize who we are, our why. Ultra-endurance helps you identify what you have been lacking, whether in modern America, whether in our daily lives, or missing the self-aware serum. This makes you a stronger human. As we start 2021, I had all my athletes go through an exercise to try and identify their deeper why. I started the conversation off with a simple statement. With this endurance training, we need more than a finish line for motivation. We know this statement to be accurate based off the past year we've just had. Many athletes gave me a solid first attempt. Yet I challenged them to all dig deeper, find a deeper why, their deeper why, as to why they are even on this journey, their North Star. Purpose defines how you make a difference in your training and desired outcomes, how you can push beyond your next level and keep growing. This is where purpose gives you tailwinds, guides you. After two decades of working in this ultra-endurance coaching space, I've also observed some mistakes that stymie even the most well-intended, purpose-driven efforts. One is a lack of clear metrics. As athletes, we have metrics for everything. Power meters, paces, Strava, training peaks, and Garmin all captured all kinds of key areas of metrics. Purpose requires a similar focus. If you are serious about it, you need to have qualitative indicators to measure progress instead of relying solely on traditional, more lagging metrics, such as results and placing. Once you've established a clarity of your purpose, you can identify metrics specific to your desired growth, desired path, desired North Star. How do we make a purpose measurable, definable? Because it is a North Star, this is about ensuring we are on the path towards our long-term desired outcomes, that we're on the path towards that North Star. 
identifying one simple metric, even if it's an imperfect measure, will help keep your purpose at the center of daily training and surely help you with your growth. This is where objectives and short-term goals come in, ensuring that the path we are on is moving us towards our purpose. What are some examples of how we are on the path? Journaling is a great example. Capturing on a daily or a couple times a week basis how we are feeling, what we're observing, and how we are still on the path towards our North Star. Sure, we can veer off, but our journaling captures it and also sets our intentions for how we want to gently come back onto the path. Even consistency in training peaks is amazing for ensuring that we're on our path towards our North Star, that we're still addressing our purpose. When it's all green, we all know that we're on a good path, that we're fulfilling our part of the agreement as athletes with our coach or with our training plan, and that we are heading down the road towards the North Star in the proper direction. Or the exercise, whether via journaling or just in, in thought, who do I want to be next month in a few months from now? Identifying that future self now, creating a connection to that future self and living that out in the today is another great way to light up the path towards your North Star. Another way that purpose is not properly applied is the failure to infuse purpose into our daily training. When the pressure to hit training targets intensifies, such as when the racing season gets closer, we all know what it's like when there's a sense of urgency in the training. Yes, we might train harder, we might train more focused, but do we get caught up in the details of the training and do we lose our sense of the higher purpose of our North Star? I know I do. When that time comes, our high-minded purpose often falls to the wayside. This is a costly and quite unnecessary misstep. Activating purpose in training can deliver the most immediate and widespread benefits. Athletes with a sense of purpose beyond the race outcome put forth more effort over a longer period of time and are more adaptable than athletes focused solely on short-term targets or short-term training results. Infusing purpose into daily training requires us as coaches, me as a coach, to be aligned with the purpose, believing it is achievable and therefore creating a plan with metrics and confidence building outcomes as clear and present as possible. This simple reframing changes the narrative and makes clear your training. When we live and train our purpose, we hit our goals along the way. That's the beauty of purpose. Because we are heading towards the North Star anyway, down the path, the short-term objectives of events, of goals, of accomplishments are just mile markers along the way. They don't distract us from continuing to move forward. Important though here is that we can't confuse purpose with motivation. When the going gets tough, this is where we need purpose. When things get really difficult, we need purpose. And this is also why purpose can't be outcome driven. It needs to be intrinsic, something they do not see. And why being a role model for our kids or the best version of ourselves is often not enough. Now it helps, of course, but we also want something internally. 
When the 4.30 alarm goes off, what is it they do not see? Our kids are asleep. We can justify a best version of ourselves at 6 or at 7 or this afternoon when we get home from workout when we'd rather do the workout. Not really sure if that's the best outcome, but we justify a lot at 4.30 in the morning. When the weather's bad, when it's cold, we justify a lot on what the best version of ourself is. Sure, we know the difference and we might judge ourselves afterwards, back to what I was saying earlier, lagging metrics versus in the moment metrics. Having a purpose versus just motivation will help us in those moments. Motivation is not your deeper why. You will need that deeper why in difficult moments when stepping away is always available and that voice is constantly talking to you, that whisper, that self-doubt. And there's nothing wrong with that voice. There's nothing wrong with that whisper. It's input. We can take that input and make our decisions from there. But that voice is louder at 4.30 in the morning when we're tired and we want to sleep a little bit longer. And we don't want to go out on that run in the cold temperatures, jump in the pool, or get on the trainer, and so forth. And that is where we need our deeper why. That deeper why with its principles and values, this is where your why stands to support you to overcome those difficult moments, the hesitation. Your kids can't see you now. They are not in your head with you. They don't know the quality of training you are doing. Now, of course, it helps. I'm not saying that wanting to be a role model and an example for your children of discipline and hard work and perseverance and grit, absolutely, and consistency. For sure, that's a great added benefit, but it is not your purpose. It is not your deeper why. The best version of yourself can help you at 4.30 in the morning, as I was explaining. But your deeper why can. You expect this fear, the insecurity, the second guessing, the cowardice, the inaction, this lack of validation in order to take the action. The deeper why stands with you to support you, your forward momentum, as I was saying earlier, your tailwinds. From my athletes, I've received some amazing deeper whys over the last week. And I'd like to share the concepts of a few of them in order to highlight what a deeper why is. Wanting to finish. Finish not being a finish line, but finish what I started. I have a history of not finishing what I started in professional life, in personal life, and now in my athletic life. I want to finish what I started. Behind that, of course, is a fear. A fear of not finishing. And therefore, this athlete is using that deeper why. I need to finish. That helps you at 4.30 in the morning. That helps you running in a foot of snow. That helps you when it's 8 degrees outside. That helps you when it's raining. That helps you when your body is aching and you're just tired and don't want to get out the door. That helps you in the afternoon after you already did a morning workout, you worked all day, and you still have some things to do in the afternoon as a second workout, whatever it is, and you just don't want to. You just want to relax and sit on the couch. That's when your deeper why kicks in. Another one is no more what ifs. I can relate to what ifs. There's a lot of what ifs in our lives. What if I, I just had followed through? What if I had put my best foot forward? What if I had stayed consistent? So many what ifs. But most of those what ifs lead us to wonder who we could have been or what we could have achieved. 
And the important thing there is we have an opportunity today not to correct the past, not to change the past, but to create a future, a narrative now that we are proud of what we accomplished since. Someday we will be in the future and we will look back on our no longer what ifs in this situation, but that we did it. And what ifs and that fear of not following through on something is also a deeper why. Something I don't want to second guess. I don't want to wonder. When I'm older and looking back on my life, I don't want a what if. We all will have some what ifs, but at least let's solve some of those along the way. Another one is believing there's more to the athlete self within post children and all that comes with those feelings. In this case, postpartum. A woman as an athlete self prior to having children and wanting to get that back, the deep part of her identity and the narrative around our culture and our society post children is very difficult for an athlete. And so digging into that deeper why that makes swinging my legs out of bed in the morning at 4.30 in order to get in my workout easier because I'm looking for that, that re-emergence of the strong, powerful woman that I know I have been. Now, it might be a different woman post-children, but it is still strong and powerful and athletic and can achieve amazing things. Tired of taking the path of least resistance and being satisfied with good enough. Yes, this is a deep one too, a deeper why. And so therefore choosing the more challenging path, choosing the resistance, choosing the difficulties and growing in that space where it's hard, where I second guess myself. I wonder if I can do one more interval, give it another 20 miles on the bike, give it another two, three miles of good running form and posture despite being tired, doing an extra two strides, adding the resistance and being satisfied with good enough? No, not being satisfied with good in general, being satisfied with great, being satisfied with my best effort for today, not overall in my entire life, but for today, for who I am today. Did I give it my best? I used to struggle with confidence, self-acceptance, and feeling good enough. The experience I have cultivated as an athlete allow me to face challenges, discover inner strength, and unlock a confident and strong version of myself. Well, there you have it, a deeper why with validation and insecurity and self-acceptance. And that daily athlete self that bleeds into our overall self, that deeper why right there. The ability to express ourselves as a strong athlete, a warrior daily, and being in control of how we have that output, of how we express ourselves, but also how we look inward. Who am I when I look inward today? That's a deeper why. That makes 4.30 a.m. more possible because I love being confident and a strong version of myself. And I know if I move now, if I take action now at 4.30 in the morning, when it's dark and cold and wet at seven, I will feel confident and strong. Another one is with fear and feeling that my life was worth nothing. I worked my way out of it and built myself into someone I admired. That's a deeper why. 
Now, of course, on all of these, these are abbreviated, and there's a lot more writing around all of these, but I'm pulling the key aspects out of it. There's fear for most of us in what we're trying to unlock with our deeper why. What's the fear? What are we trying to uncover? And sometimes with endurance training, what are we trying to cover up? <laughs> I know I've been through that. The validation as the athlete, that was my identity, whether from swimming into triathlon into ultra running and so forth. Coming to a place where I know I gave it my best and I have a sense of fulfillment around that allows me to let go of all that. But it took a lot of work. But there's a fear there. There's a fear for so many of us. There's a fear in acceptance. There's a fear in confidence. There's a fear in what ifs. There's a fear that we're not finishing. And in this case, a fear that my life was worth nothing based off of some other history that I didn't mention here. I worked my way out of it and built myself into someone I admired. How did I do that? Through consistency and daily training and perseverance and showing grit and strength on a daily basis. And that muscle got stronger. That got activated. It turned into a habit. And now I admire that person. It is easy to accept the big overweight ex-football player role. But I am an ultra athlete in the physical body of a much larger person. And I'm working to increase my fitness and improve my health. That's a deeper why. That's a transformation. And a future version of himself living out today. There is an ultra endurance athlete within this big body, within this big frame. And I want to express that. Because maybe my identity and my overall being feels better as an ultra endurance athlete than being relegated to the sidelines because I'm an ex-football player and I'm big and overweight. No, that is my deeper why. I want to push out of that. I want to shed that lifestyle. I want to shed that image. I want to shed that label and express myself as a endurance athlete as a nimble athlete, as an athlete that can go long, that is healthy and fit and strong. Consistency and focus are two skills I've struggled with throughout my life. That's a great deeper why. Because beyond that, the next sentence, which I didn't put in here, is about how we can use that struggle to now address it on a daily basis. And the sensations and the feelings we get from that when we have addressed that insecurity, that lack of consistency, that lack of focus by being consistent and focused. It starts the day or ends the day when we journal or we close our eyes at night knowing I did the two things that I've struggled with throughout my life. I did it well today. New limits and push new boundaries, which I have found creates enlightenment. I feel incredibly empowered by the journey to ultimately reach new personal heights. Now, it might sound a little cliche there, but new boundaries, which I have found, creates enlightenment. Because I'm living on the edges, I feel more alive. That's my deeper why. Now, the edges become further and further away and harder to achieve. And it becomes dangerous there on how far those edges and how much you have to achieve to feel you like you're on the edge. Some of our deeper whys also create turmoil. 
create conflict. But identifying that and being aware of that and being present with that is key. Why am I doing this? Endurance sports creates space for me to process my thoughts and connect with my higher self. Each training session allows me to cleanse any stagnant and stale energy I'm holding on to. So there the deeper why is sort of a daily bath to cleanse and just wash away the day's concerns and the thoughts and the stress and come out of it reborn, clean, with an open mind and a presence and a gratitude and a joy and a love. That can be a deeper why. Now, again, I challenge the athletes in these cases to understand, well, why? Why does it do that for you? Why does it cleanse you? What is it cleansing? And why is that important to you? What is it that you don't feel? And finally, it amplifies and supplements the spiritual work I do. The race is the icing on the cake, a celebration of the year's work, in some ways, a spiritual rebirth. It amplifies and supplements the spiritual work I do. In many cases, the deeper why might be the outlet. If you're already doing the work, the deeper why of why I'm doing this training, my purpose is in order to put into action the feelings and the spiritual work I've been doing and to move my body in harmony with the spiritual and mental work. The three of them have to be all activated for flow to be found. So those are some examples of the deeper whys. Now, there's a lot more personal ones and really powerful ones that athletes have shared with me and I think is incredibly meaningful and important. I wrote some notes today in my own journaling talking about how this coaching and this training and the training plan is a scaffolding of sorts. Scaffolding. What transformation happens inside the structure it does not know or impact? The scaffolding has nothing to do with what's happening within what it's built around. It is only there to hold the structure in place while the inner transformation takes place. And that's what in many cases endurance training is all about. Creating a format, a structure, a scaffolding for you to on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, to have an opportunity to have a window of time consistently that allows you to have or work internally inside the structure, inner growth, inner transformation, inner work, inner, inner mental fortitude, inner mindset work, inner athlete mindset work even. How am I better today than yesterday? Inner reflection. All that happens inside the scaffolding, the infrastructure of the training plan or the routine or the overall structure of training. But that hour or that 90 minutes a day is there to help you change internally, whether physically by getting fitter, whether mentally by getting stronger, or whether spiritually via transformation. The scaffolding doesn't know what's happening. And as a coach is what I was alluding to with regards to people sharing their deeper whys with me, it's not my place to address that. I'm just the scaffolding to allow them and to support them and to hold the structure in place as the inner transformation takes place, as the inner growth takes place or the physical growth takes place, whatever that is. Which brings me to the last point. 
don't miss the opportunity to activate your purpose on a daily basis, your why, your deeper why. It's tempting to think of purpose as high level, vague, but as athletes, we must go beyond the messaging of that index card or what we wrote down to activate purpose in the hearts and minds of our daily training. Again, if your deeper why, if your purpose narrowed down to a paragraph really captures everything that this training is meaningful for, it will have a powerful effect on your training. As I said on a Zoom call with my athletes the other day, when we train with our purpose in mind, with our deeper why and how we just read through it or just were reminded of it or thought about it as we're training, everything gets lighter. We run lighter, we swim easier, we pedal stronger with less effort. It just becomes as though we float, as though we float through the training. We feel lighter. Everything lightens up, loosens up, relaxes because we are carried by our deeper purpose, by our deeper why, higher purpose, I should say higher purpose to us, not due to religion, but our own personal higher purpose. How does this training, today's training, this week's training, make a difference towards your deeper why? When we're doing that, we feel as though the training just changed within the interval, within the mile, within that length of the pool. How do we positively impact our outcome, our goals, and our community that is also involved in helping us achieve those future outcomes? It's not what they see, but what we are doing. What role do I play today in delivering on this purpose? Back to how we want to be role models. Again, it's not what they see, but what we are doing. How we stand with our values and our purpose in place with a smile and a joyfulness and a love for what we're doing versus work, as in making the training work laborious or forced or hard or, ugh, I got to go train. No, that's not the role model. That's not what they see. They want to see what we are doing and what role do I play today in delivering on this purpose? I'm doing this for a greater self, a deeper why. Asking you to identify your own connection to your purpose versus outcomes that are connected to motivation takes purpose from a mantra to daily personal ownership. It adds intention. This creates a mental map of a connection to a higher calling, meaning purpose that you can use to reset during times of difficulty, change, and uncertainty. When it gets hard, when it's 4.30 in the morning, having that mental map of a connection to that higher meaning that higher purpose, that deeper why allows you to reset in the middle of the workout and float. Purpose is valuable only when it's real, when it's connected something deep within us, not a finish line, deep within us. Well, here we are again with David. I got plenty of good feedback in order to bring him back for a second show. We wanted to take this opportunity to work through purpose the way I was just describing and talking through. And I felt a good way to work through it and describe it with more color and personality would be to moderate this discussion with David and that we sort of discuss back and forth what purpose means and how to clarify it in a deeper way for you, the listener and the athletes. Yeah, this is going to be a really good conversation. And we're outside again in sunny California, so you're going to hear birds chirping and humming. Air conditioners running. Exactly. (laughs) 
So let's dive right into it then. As I was just alluding to, this is an exercise in order to make you a better athlete. And it's not necessary for all endurance athletes to go through this exercise, but it is my wish and hope in order to bring out the best version of you and everything you're capable of that you try to go through this exercise and discover what might be there for you to lean on and to grow from in order to be the best possible athletic version of yourself, especially on your endurance journey. Our main conversation is around purpose. And a lot of people have asked me, well, why would you start with purpose? Because it fits into purpose, intention, and clarity in a certain way. And while it's called the CIP, it would sound weirder if it was called the PIC. No, actually, it should be called PCI because it goes from having a purpose sort of at the 10,000 feet level and sort of a North Star that you're heading towards and a direction that you're going, that you're being called to. And then taking that down to, well, how am I going to put into action the purpose that I'm called towards or that I feel like pursuing? And so the action is the clarity, the path, the roadmap, um, and how we go about that in endurance, in this discussion actually of endurance, is around coaching. Because most athletes have, listening to this, have a coach. And even if they don't, you can still build your roadmap from this next step. So then we'll dive into clarity probably next. And then the only thing missing is intention, and that is you actually putting those the purpose and the clarity into action. That's where the rubber meets the road in, in a typical cliche way to say it, but how you show up every day. And the difference around that is not just showing up every day. And that's what so many confuse it with, with training versus exercising, right? Exercising, we've already defined as you doing what you want to do, what feels good today, what you enjoy, and you're checking the box of doing some physical, you know, exercising, truly. Whereas training has a specific purpose, has a specific outcome, is on the path towards your higher purpose, is it matches with the clarity, with the roadmap, and there's specific outcomes of each individual workout. And you come and show up not just and just to be there but you show up with intention and you know what your desired outcome of this workout is and you know how you want to execute it and you know prior what defines a good workout or a good session after so a good track session means that you know I hit all those intervals or I came close to I came closer than last week to let's say a guided interval and I maintained good form, I did the rest properly, I just executed all the details properly. And I felt, it doesn't matter how you feel, actually. It's in, an intention is how you show up and how you plan to execute the training at your best, your current best. And so that's sort of how the purpose flows down into clarity, into intention. And so we started with purpose and we obviously just, had that longer lead-in on purpose 
of this recording. And so now let's discuss purpose more in a informal format with David here moderating as usual. So you asked all your athletes about their whys, and then they responded to you, and then you volleyed back, but why do you feel that that's your why? And you really dug down into the meat of it. Well, let me interrupt you there. Even diving into the deeper why and volleying back and um, asking them and challenging them, it is very clear there with all my athletes, I'm not responsible for their why. That's very personal to them. I'm not judging their why. I'm not grading their why. I just want them to capture their deeper why. There's this old saying that talks about you ask a why question three times, you get to the bottom of truly what, and honestly ask yourself three whys, that you get to the bottom of really what's at the core, what's your values, what's your character, what's meaningful to you, and and truly uncovering why. (laughs) So that was part of this exercise. And just giving me the, because I love being out in nature, or I'm doing this because I want to be a role model for my kids, or um, I've always been curious of to go longer. That's not a deeper why. That's many levels above a deeper why. And from that, I want you to know when it gets really hard, as I was saying before, when it gets really difficult, you need a deeper why. Now, there's a approach here that I will probably dive into in in a future podcast sometime. But the beauty of a deeper why is you have intrinsic motivation along with the external motivation. And so if you want to experience a finish line, if you want to have a certain result, if you want to get a certain time, that's obviously external motivation. But having your deeper why, your intrinsic motivation, the one that comes from inside you, what I call source, right? There's an energy level there. There's a um, motivation there at that deepest level that really captures why you're doing this, why you even signed up for this, why you're even going through these motions, why you're making your life so difficult with these training hours. There's a why deep down below all of this. And quite honestly, it gets to like a psychological discussion, right? And and almost like in therapy, it usually goes back to some sort of fear or some sort of validation that we've never gotten or some sort of personal statement with regards to being someone we never were able to be and it was suppressed within us. Those are deeper whys. Those are, and so, Going back and forth with my athletes, it was just more of a process of finding out or making sure that they're asking the deeper question. I didn't ask it more than once. So I sent the original email to all my athletes and then I did, for most, a follow-up. Like really, you might want to dig a little bit deeper. And it's a new exercise for many. And a deeper why like this truly is is almost a seminar. It's a three, four hour seminar because it takes a lot of soul searching and work to get down that deep. And many might wonder, well, what do I need that for in order to run a 50 miler? And that's where we get to the, besides the typical description, we get to the intrinsic motivation. If you have intrinsic, 
an external motivation to keep you going when things are difficult, you have twice the power. You're not just doing it to get a time or to be a role model for my children, which by the way is still an external motivation because you're displaying a behavior, a consistency, a standard to them that, ex that is external. But you then have the intrinsic motivation for th when things really get difficult and you're carried by a totally different level of energy. And that goes deeper than ego and that goes deeper than external things and that comes from a power source and an energy source and a positivity source that is way more meaningful. And that's where, quite honestly, in many of these events, the tears start coming from. When people go through that place on the, during their event, but you can use that during your training. And not that you turn on the, <laughs> these emotions like this, but that you're constantly reminded why am I doing this? And then when that why comes up, that negative self-talk, that question at 4.30 in the morning in bed, that it comes from an internal place because you're connected to your deeper reason why, then you have an extra tailwind. You have an extra help in order for you to go out to that training session, like we said, with intention and execute it to the best of your ability. Without a deeper why, we run into some serious roadblocks. And I know many of athletes have felt this, where you come home and you just don't have the energy. External motivation. You're using external signs of sort of saying, well, I'm just not in the mood today, or I just don't have the energy, or all these little excuses that they are on, from that little voice on our shoulder. And if we can take purpose and a deeper why into that, it automatically sheds all that and connects you to, wow, of course, absolutely. This is why I'm doing this. So that's the part with regards to back and forth on volleying. It, it's not like I've told to you before and I talked to other athletes. We're here to provide a scaffolding, right? What happens inside the building that the scaffolding is around is up to the athlete, is up to the person. It could be window washing that a scaffolding is used, or it can be for a complete rebuild inside the scaffolding, or it can just be a remodel. What transformation the athlete goes through on their endurance journey might be nothing, but the scaffolding will still pull it up, put, put it up, because it provides the support and the entry points for the athlete on a daily basis via the training to decide what they're doing inside that building, inside themselves, their inner work. And part of that is the purpose and the deeper why. We're just, I'm just trying to continue to hold a tight scaffolding and ask the question, how they wanna deal with it, how they wanna to respond with it, up to them. And for many athletes, we just moved on. I'm not going to pry and push and threaten with more of a deeper why. If they don't want to share it, that's fine. But those that have, have already um, included in their training notes how they've leaned on it a few times, and it's made a significant difference. They've noticed just in 10 days of training because it adds that extra input. It adds that extra 
motivation and adds that extra layer of support in order to do this. So that was a really good explanation of why you should care about your why and what it can do for you when you do invest the time to really dig into it. What were some of the common themes that you observed across all your athletes when you asked what their whys were? Yeah, I mean, that's sort of what I was alluding to. The first layer that most go through is almost external. Not all of them, but many of them. Um, I love being in nature. I'm curious to find out if I can go that far or if I can do this distance or if I can achieve said result. And that's not a deeper why. So that's where the back and forth was. Um, in most cases, it's also a question, it's a new question. And so I didn't educate or give examples of a deeper why to anybody. So logically, many of them came back with sort of a, not shallow, that's the wrong description, although we're talking about a deeper why, but a why that's more familiar, more scripted to them. The one they've sort of been using and hearing over the last maybe months or years as they're doing this endurance training. So I think it's the, the, the typical response was a lot of to be a role model for my children. That was a big one. I love being out in nature and to satisfy something that I in the past have not satisfied. Now that's individual to many, but whether they want to finish because they haven't finished something before or they're not known as finishers. Well, look at this. We have a little hearty going. Oh, it must be for inauguration. This is the most Marin thing I've ever seen. Three kids on bikes, clanging cowbells, being tailed by a brand new Audi convertible. <laughs> yeah, so in many cases, the completing something that they've not completed before, whether they've DNF'd on things or they just have a tendency to not follow through. And that's a great start for a deeper why, because then we can sort of go with the follow-up question on something like that. I typically don't finish the things I start, and I feel this big hole because of that, or I feel I've let myself down, I've judged myself because of this, and I really wanna see this through. And so the follow-up question there is real simple. Why is this important to you? What does following through or finishing mean to you, just to you? Why is it important to you? That's usually been the follow-up question. Why is being in nature important to you? Why is being a role model for your kids important to you? Is it because you didn't have role models growing up? Is it because you had a different atmosphere in your family? All those questions, I don't know what's coming back, and nor do they need to write back, but at least it prompts them to think about it. Which brings me to the other big lesson of the deeper why and this whole exercise with many athletes, because I mean, we put a good 50, 60 athletes through this exercise. And what was interesting about it too is that many are using this training and this time to figure out their deeper why. 
And so the, the first time this question was sort of asked of them, and they were like, wow, I'm, I'm not really thought of that. And I'm sort of embarrassed to write you that I don't have a deeper why, which is totally fine, too. That's a very heartfelt and honest answer. And then they sat with it maybe for three, four, five, six, seven days. And I prompted them, hey, I'm still waiting for your deeper why. What's, what's going on? Can I help? Or what? And many of them, this is more than a handful, were perplexed with it. They sat with it for a week and they're like, oh, we, we, I just don't have a good answer. And I've been searching for an answer and I've been out on my bike and I've been out running and I've been out swimming, trying to sort of figure it out. And I'm embarrassed to say, I don't have that good of an answer. And one of my athletes was actually really good in saying, I think what I'm gonna do is use this next few weeks to make my deeper why, to figure out my deeper why. Because I, I'm sort of caught blindsided here that I don't have a deeper why for why I'm doing this and why I'm so strict with the training and why I'm so focused on it and why I'm so adherent to the numbers and everything has to be green and I can't miss a workout. Well, there's a lot of questions to ask yourself in that. Not for me, not for anybody, for yourself. Because understanding that also takes a lot of pressure off of yourself. And now you can train effectively because you're more connected with why you love it, why it's important to you, why it doesn't matter what other people think, why it's not just about being a role model, it's about I want to display for myself my best version, which usually comes out of the role model discussion. How do you know when you've gone deep enough into asking what your why is? I quickly knew I was deep enough when they sit and they write, I've never shared this with anybody. <laughs> things like that. Um, very personal things have come across my desk over the last three, four weeks. So that, of course, right? Um, but even those, maybe some guidance or some supportive words that I've written back on that why or maybe a perspective that I can provide on that why from the outside looking into this thing that they've never shared with anybody or only a few people in their lives to just sort of acknowledge it and also let them know that's pretty darn good what you just uncovered and identified. And you know what? I have a totally different respect for your training now. And not because I didn't respect it before, but when you get the responsibility of having read or been shared with something like that, you also understand the person so much better from a fundamental place so that when you do their training, your ability to support is, is different. And your ability to guide and have just the right words to say when it's needed is often available. So from that perspective, every meaningful, vulnerable why that you received is in a way beautiful, but were there any particular whys that really touched you in a poetic sort of way, in a beautiful sort of way? Any that stood out to you as, oh, I'm going to remember that why forever? Well, that's not fair to all the whys because some of the whys I can obviously not share 
what they were and they did touch me and there's a lot of vulnerability in there. I would say in general I was quite touched by how vulnerable people were willing to be in this process and it shows me that we have an amazing job to do what we do to support athletes on their journey and to be that scaffolding. Because being that scaffolding, on the one hand, makes us more neutral. We're here to hold space for you truly. <laughs> but on the other hand, we also understand. And it allows us more tools in our arsenal to help you achieve the outcomes that we believe you're capable of, that you dream of, and also so much more. Because quite honestly, the whole part here with this coaching is knowing that when athletes achieve more than they ever thought that they could achieve, that feeling, that joy, those emotions, they go really deep and raw. And connecting that then with their deeper why just makes it even more meaningful and you know memorable for the rest of their lives and it also captures them from that feeling and that raw emotion and that positive raw emotion of accomplishment of confidence and putting away some really dark demons that makes them want to embrace the endurance lifestyle, which is long-term. And that's the overarching goal here, that as many athletes as possible can have this connection with their endurance self for the rest of their lives. What is your why? That's how also the why, the deeper why, continuously shifts. It's never something fixed or static. My deeper why when I was a swimmer is different than my deeper why when I was a triathlete versus an ultra runner versus now. My deeper why when I was ultra running and doing long, long multi-day adventures was more about discovering that inner transformation what's behind some of the locked and closed doors that you discover in your mind and in your soul when you're six, seven, eight, ten hours into an event and everything's stripped raw. And that place is where I love to be because it allowed me to expand sort of the real estate in my mind. It allowed me to open doors to rooms in my mind that have been closed for a long, long time and then therefore clarifying other deeper whys that we have, which we might have many deeper whys, but also it opened doors to rooms that I did not want opened. <laughs> I turned the light on briefly, looked around and said, I'm gonna close this door again and turn the light off and we'll keep that one over there. Now, all this obviously has very deep, profound therapy <laughs> reasons, but that discovery through endurance activity was fascinating to me. And my deeper why kept pulling me more and more into that direction. And a lot of my life has been spent missing the mark just barely on a few things, whether it's missing the mark 
barely in swimming, whether it's missing the mark for many years barely in triathlon, until I connected, for example, in triathlon to my deeper why, I didn't get the results I wanted. And I shared this with one of my athletes in our deeper why discussion. And that is because I was attached to the result, to the outcome of winning, I could never pull forth the performance that I believed I was capable of. And that's a deeper why I also ran into from swimming. I never got the opportunity in swimming to put forth the performance I believed I was capable of. And I had seen in training and in smaller meets that it was, I was capable of. And I never put it together on the biggest stage. And I was starting to see the same thing in triathlon. And from there, that was my deeper why. I also had something to finish. And that finish was to, on one day, on one given day, to put forth my best effort that I can feel good about of walking away from the sport from. Sort of, today is a good day to die. If today I were to die, I know I had that day. I didn't have it in swimming, and I was not having it in triathlon. And so my deeper why, when that became part of my training on an everyday basis, it changed everything for me. And not only did I win Kona that year, but I had it, if not for a mechanical, in me to win the prior year too. I ran myself from 21st place to third place on the marathon, of which first place was only 90 seconds away. Had that race been another mile, I would have caught that per the, the, the next two people. They were going backwards compared to how good I was running. And again, it was running with a deeper why, with a purpose of, that's fine. I know what's in front of me. I know what I have to catch up to. I was 21st place off the bike. It was more a question of, Chris, just put your best effort forth and everything else will take care of itself. And it did. I was so proud of that third place because of how many people I ran through. And I knew the two people in front of me were running scared <laughs> because they knew I was coming. But then the next year was an easy victory. And I say easy because it was wire to wire. I never trailed in the race from, a, from the first swim stroke on. And because I was focused on something greater than the result. I was focused on my deeper why, and that is to put forth the day I believe is possible in Kona. That doesn't mean I haven't had a faster day. Doesn't mean I haven't had a day there where I'm like, whoa, I don't think I could ever do that time again. It's just those, that day, so one year I did an 853 in Kona. And so that put me pretty far up there. And yet, that left me third in the age group. Because that year, the first place in the age group did a world, as in a new world record for the age group. And the second place did. And my time would have been a world record too. <laughs> but it just wasn't meant to be that day. But I know in that day, I was so caught up with my performance and the splits that I let my best performance get away from me. I could tell 
how I was swimming and biking and halfway through the marathon, how things were going and oh my gosh, I'm going to break nine hours in Kona. And it was like this whole like experience in my mind. And I let my best performance, what could have been my best performance ever, slip away because I wasn't connected to a deeper why. I didn't have one. I didn't have that anchor to sit back into myself on your nine hours, you're oh, not nine hours into an event, you're seven hours into an event, you're somewhere in energy lab, it's a hundred degrees out and you know, you're pouring water on your head and you're just exhausted trying to cold seven minute miles as long as you can on the back end here. And you're just in your head, you're behind a baseball hat, water's dripping down, you're soaking wet, you're boiling from the inside and I didn't have an anchor to center myself on and focus on in order to continue my performance. Maybe to win, maybe not to win, but at least to know I gave it my best performance. And that used to be my deeper why. Now I don't have one. Now, I, because I'm not competing on that level, I don't have outcomes I look for. It might be also why I struggled in Tahoe last year because I didn't have a deeper purpose and a deeper why. But I'll be sure that if I take on an endeavor this year, let's say if I want to swim across Tahoe or do Catalina this year, because I'm thinking that's what I'll be doing, because I had plans to do that last year, I will have to go through a deeper why exercise because, yeah, you know, five, six hours into swimming, staring at darkness below you in Tahoe, freezing, by the way, because it might be summer, but that water never gets that warm that you're not, I'm going to have to put on weight. I'm going to have to do all kinds of stuff and still fight the cold. And so without that anchor again of a deeper why, giving in to the cold, giving in to the difficulty, giving in that your arms can't move and you, you have those doubts and those questions. All you need to know for a deeper why, how often as an athlete, think of it, all of you listening and you too, David, how many times have you been out there going, why am I doing this? And we don't realize what we're saying when we say, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. But that's exactly it. And for you to have a response a mantra almost to respond in that moment and say, I know why I'm doing this. Now let me center myself again and go back to why I'm doing this. Because we all ask ourselves, what the heck am I doing? Should I be out here doing this? I should be at work. I should be focused on my family. I should be this. I should be that. All those doubts, all those questions come up. Why am I out here? What am I doing? And that's the deeper why. And so if we can start with that, our deeper purpose, then we can then it makes the clarity of building the roadmap and showing up with intention because it leads back to the deeper why on an internal and an external way. It just closes the loop. And now we're having a totally different training experience and the process versus the outcome is a totally different discussion. You said something really powerful about today is a good day to die. And okay. Hey, okay. Hey, okay. Hey, that's it. That's the saying.
you know, the wonderful thing of today is a great day to die is it finally lets you let go. And we talked about this with the track. I was chasing some PR in the mile. And just for giggles, I looked up what my old PR was before I even started tracking it. And it was 30 seconds faster because it didn't have any of the emotional baggage. And so now taking it back to what you were just talking about, it sounds like a lot of this is a mechanism to enable you to let go, to stop holding on to things. Being attached to the outcome. Absolutely. And when we have our own personal reasons and our deeper why for why we're doing it, as I was just mentioning, therefore the outcome is secondary. I'm doing this for a deeper why. And then the external motivation of the result, of the outcome, of the validation that I can do it becomes secondary. And that's a great place to come from because again it doesn't mean you can't be competitive it doesn't mean you can't achieve results and you can't achieve outcomes or times or podiums or whatever that is it's just that you have an extra level of force for you to your point it's when you are able to let go of all the superficial nonsense that isn't your real why all these projections all these expectations all these things that you have to do i have to get this time in this iron man then then what so you achieve that time then there's another time to achieve then there's another podium to achieve then there's another standard to set you're always chasing next Whereas if you have a deeper why and you believe and trust in yourself and therefore enjoy the process, then you, you're not chasing anymore. You're fulfilling your deeper why. And again, as we've said, your deeper why shifts. But having that along with those external markers, because the way I see it, you blow through those external markers as you're working with your deeper why because those are just uh, uh, an extra validation that you are on the right path that you're heading down the right highway towards your north star towards your deeper why because here's the other thing with a deeper why it doesn't necessarily completely veer 90 degrees when you have a new deeper why it's related to a bigger overarching direction and so you might choose a few smaller deeper whys that come across because that's where you currently are as a being yeah the next phase in your evolution as a person exactly and but the next deeper why isn't going to be <laughs> dramatically different or in a dramatically different direction as your current one it's the truth of who you are and once you live in that truth in that love for yourself because you're dealing with the deeper why you have sources again of power and motivation and of strength and of energy and of love that you would never have on an external motivation or when the ego is still involved. 
That's a pretty powerful external motivation to go within and find an internal motivation. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. But Otherwise, here, why bother? I would actually challenge, and I've asked a bunch of my athletes, and every now and then I come across a few athletes. It's not, I would say about 50%. They can describe a moment in their athletic lives or professional lives where they were in flow. And remember, to be in flow means you're connected to a deeper why. The only reason you get into flow is because it means something greater than you. You can't hit flow, a flow state, without a deeper why. And so now when you're in nature, running on those trails, or you're cycling, or you're swimming, or you're doing climbing or hiking, and you're in a flow state connected to your deeper why, that's going to make that experience completely deep, more powerful, more meaningful, more lasting, because flow state can't happen without a deeper why. So when people have done the work of figuring out what their why is, what do they do with it? They hold it, hold it in their hearts, and it's available to them at all times. It's a kernel, it's like a nugget of gold that you're sitting on, and you're just holding it because you will need that nugget many times in the endurance journey. We all do. There's just days where it's, we just can't connect to the outcome. We're no longer externally motivated. Just for that day, maybe for that week, maybe for that month. But having that nugget then as an extra source of energy to keep going, to keep persevering, to show grit, that's where the deeper why sits. And again, the more you are connected to your deeper why, the less you even need the external motivation. And so it's ever present. It is part of every workout. Again, to the scaffolding piece, right? With the deeper why, once you enter the building that the scaffolding is holding up or is being put on for the work, the deeper why allows you to do whatever you want in there, from transformation to window dressing, whatever. But it is a constant presence for you versus just cleaning up the building or building it taller or making it look good. Do you recommend that your athletes share their why with people really close to them? That's a good question. And it's, you know, independent of the athlete or personal to the athlete. Um, some of them have a deeper why that's very difficult to share. Um, others, for sure. If that helps your family and your loved ones to understand why you are doing this, why you're putting yourself through the 4 a.m. wake-up calls, why you're going out and running 20 miles in the rain, why you're riding your bike in eight degrees, right? All those things helps them understand you and the support when it's a deeper why versus an external why motivation <laughs> is a little different as you can imagine. So sense. it's up to the individual situation, but I've found that the more I share on my deeper why, the more it connects and brings in those that are close to me and that support me on my journey, brings them in closer. And 
they understand what's happening in my mind and in my heart as I'm doing it better. How do you know when you've found your deepest why? It should spark some sort of emotion. It should reach to a level that you don't usually go to. Like a hand is going into your heart or into your soul and pulling something out that you didn't realize or haven't realized or paid attention to in a long time. It's not a comfortable process. It doesn't feel good, but it is important. And I don't even need to highlight for how, why for so many it is important as well as for myself. But if it doesn't spark some sort of deeper emotion, and I would even like to say vulnerability, not necessarily always pain. There doesn't always have to be a trauma or a pain story. But there should be something empty, unanswered, curious, that you're, that you're profoundly surprised by when it just sort of flashes across your mind. It's almost like you're disconnected from yourself. And, you know, when you look at yourself in the mirror and you wonder, wow, oh, I don't feel as old as I look in the mirror. That's, a diff- that's the same person. That's you looking at yourself. You have a different spatial connection with that person in the mirror. It's you, but you didn't think you were that old. There's that space between your mind and what you think you are. And a deeper why should be able to go into that person in the mirror and uncover a face, an emotion, an emotional response that you look at as if you're looking at yourself in the mirror and go, who is that person? Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And it feeds into what we were talking about earlier off mic, that the real key is to ask the question. Three times. Yeah. The process of asking the questions is very important. But then asking it three times, a heartfelt really meaningful, profound, deep three times. Mm-hmm. Past the why is that important to me? And you can answer that. And then another why. And then maybe even another why. Why? Why? is? Why do I care about this? Why is this important to me? Why do I need to struggle with this? Why can't I ignore it? All that's in the why. Which is a process that can take Minutes, weeks, months, years. Yeah. Depending on how the process unfolds for you. So, yeah. I mean, back to my deeper why where I just needed to finish something. Obviously, there's another why below that. There's emotions and confusion of needing to finish something. Why do I need to finish something? Why do I need to put my best performance forward? Plenty of performances were good enough. Well, There's deeper whys below that, but that's how the process goes. So I had the deeper why of I need to, I want to know what my best performance is in order to close chapters. Well, why are closing chapters important to me? Why do I carry that on? Why, 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 why? There's so much, that's the exercise that you're journaling through or working through that you just sit with, you let it be. 
why do, in my case, why do I need to finish a chapter? Where is it that that has become important to me? Again, once you have these questions answered, to bring it back to the athlete self here, once you have these answers as an athlete, which is what we're truly talking about here, and for peak athletic performance, no matter what your skill level is, or your talent level is, to bring out the best of yourself, it is an incredibly powerful source of energy. And I'm not talking about necessarily spiritual energy. It just allows you to answer that question when you're wondering, like we were just saying earlier, why am I out here? What am I doing this for? Why am I sacrificing this time? Why am I sacrificing this money? Why am I sacrificing my hopes and dreams too? Because I could be let down. I could be disappointed. And being connected to a deeper why makes all those questions go away and makes you a better athlete. And that's what we're here for. That's why we're talking about this, to make you a better athlete. turn it up a little bit it's not even touching red when i'm talking it's mainly yellow that's good we don't never want red never want red. never want red yellow is as loud as you go damn it there we just solved this problem <gasps> what are you talking about i yep. like red it's a fun color yeah it's a great color never have it on your microphone <laughs> i'll send you a nice red t-shirt <laughs> oh now i know why all the audio has always been so damn loud <laughs> If I don't see red, it's not successful. It's like your it's classic like a, um, type A compulsion. If there's a chart, you must fill it. Yeah. Green's good? Green is good. You can always turn it up. You can never turn okay, it down. Okay, I'll go to 25. All right. Even that kicked me. Are we recording? Yeah, we've been this whole time. Excellent. This is, we're going to keep this in. The, <laughs>